If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Ezra, can you say Rob Beckett? Bob Beckett. And can you say Josh Whittacombe? Josh Whittacombe. <laughs> say, say a bit louder. Josh Whittacombe! Well done. Very strong. Very oh, strong. Oh, that was great. Surrey? Are they from Surrey? They are... It doesn't say. Do include where you're from so Rob can guess. That was very confident um, and loud. I like that. That was very... I think that was very... That was one of the best. I've been a listener to your podcast from the beginning of lockdown while looking... After my now three-and-a-half-year-old, very energetic little boy, Ezra, mm. who was so excited to say your names that he then continued to shout them around the house for the next hour. That screamy devil child in the background is Amelie, 5.5 months. Ooh. Your podcasts are keeping me sane in our two- to three-hourly night feeds. Oh, my God. Well, they have it, a buffet. She still insists on, so huge thanks for the laughs. Love what you're doing. Thanks for making the feeds bearable. I am catapulting into being classic dad and it's happening so fast i can't yeah. even uh, it's ridiculous i'm even giving up on clothes i just wear whatever's nearest it's yeah. awful i look terrible my sneezes are getting louder which oh, is a that's... real sign i'm becoming a dad what about your ears my ears furry oh how are you doing in terms of um trimming hair around your head rob let me oh. take you through the areas and tell me whether you need to trim it okay go on ears uh no, sometimes a random long one. I've but got I'm not trimming earlobes that I have to trim. No, I don't trim my ears at all. I get the occasional long one. Same with nose, occasional long nose, one. Nose, I have to go big on my nose. You're I'm a little hobbit boy, aren't you? Yeah, my eyebrows. Yeah. It's it's like a fucking full-time job, Rob, keeping them in check. And Noel Gallagher. Yeah, they're insane. <laughs> I, I'm trimming my eyebrows about once a week. That's you're, You are going to look... It's like I'm a maid in Chelsea going for a weekly haircut. I cannot wait to see you at 80. You're going to be such a funny little old man. Your big old <laughs> eyebrows, there he is, shuffling about. <clears throat> coughing, sneezing, trying to get to your car. <laughs> Scratching your head, working out how to put petrol in it. <laughs> You'll have a bath with a door on it. <laughs> I wouldn't say no now, Rob. <laughs> Wouldn't say no now. I think you'd love. I think you know some people like going. Oh, I'm a bit like belligerent. Like I'm not going to be old. I keep doing that. I'm going to go to di- go to like nightclubs with my yeah. son. You're going to no. be like, yeah, give me the pipe and slippers, mate. I'm me. ready. I'm ready. I'm already going. I don't want any part of youth culture. Thank you very much. I don't like going out anymore. My house is too nice to leave. 
Yeah, I, I don't want out. to. I don't want to go out. That's what I found out in lockdown. Yeah. Going out <laughs> I is know. shit. It makes me stressed and sad. Yeah, everything's I'm... better indoors. Look, mate, is it better? Oh, are you watching? If you watch this, I'm watching a documentary on Netflix or Amazon. Sorry, about the Chippendales <laughs> and a murder at the top of the Chippendales in the eighties. And if you can tell me a pub that's better than that. <laughs> I would be very surprised. Magic Mike. You might like Magic Mike as a night out yeah. if you're into that Chippendales, but it's less murder. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not into it for the Chippendales element of it. Not that there'd be anything wrong with that. It's a really fun documentary. Well, not fun. That's the wrong word. If you get to see a couple of hot bods, you know. Do you know so what, what, Rob? It looks like your look when you're 40. Yeah. I keep inspo. thinking, bloody hell, it's going to be God. mad when Rob Beckett looks like this. They're going to have to rename Magic Mike or Beckett at 40. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> Talking of old being old and older parents, we've got a great boomer parent um, Instagram message here. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're doing Instagrams today. Let's do them. Let's do Instagrams. Um, this is boomer parents talking about things that your boomer parents did that is totally unacceptable now. Yeah. Um, boomer. Boomer parent. I like this. It's going to be a great feature, this. I've been a listener to the podcast since the start, and I love it so much. It makes me laugh out loud every episode. This is my boomer parent story. I was about seven or eight years old, born in 83, so about 1990. I love the way they set this scene. This is great. Yeah, that's the year I was born. I'd been asking for a rabbit for months and months. Around comes my birthday and my dad, who I can add is the most lovely, placid man ever, said to me, come on, I'm taking you to get a rabbit. I was so excited. It's all I had ever wanted. So off we go to get a rabbit. We go to the local market and my mum starts asking, where are we going to get a rabbit here? We take a turn and we are stood in front of a butcher. (gasps) Who has a row of dead rabbits in front of him. Oh my God. With... (laughs) Looking like a rabbit with fur on, head, legs, ears, a lot. My dad proceeds to order a rabbit and make me watch it be skinned and chopped. Oh, my God. To take it home to make a stew. I was distraught. My mum went mental. I've never eaten rabbit and it, and I'm still traumatised by it. That is insane. We that, might, <laughs> we were, why, are, why are boomer parents so psychopathic? I don't, and yet I, I'm worried about, you know, whether she wears an Elsa dress. Do you know what I mean? It's... <laughs> What impact that's going to have? Well, we remind my dad of this quite often. He tries to make out. It wasn't as dramatic as we all claim. However, me and my mum remember it the exact same way. It wasn't as dramatic as we all claim. From Joe. That is <sighs> remarkable. And the thing is, that that isn't even out of the ordinary. That's just, that's what all good parents did. Yeah. <laughs> the bad, let's not get down what the bad parents are doing. That, that was that was a good boomer parent. Can I just say, I'm, I haven't got an issue with her wearing an Elsa dress. My main issue is that she's got four of them. And it's all she wants to wear. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, did, it did, sounded did, like I had an issue with people wearing Elsa dresses. I just wanted to be clear on that. Okay. Hi, Rob and Josh. This is listening to Josh's daughter's trip to the Tate Modern. And it reminded me of the time I took my then two-year-old to the National Gallery. Obviously, it was something I wanted to do. And I was hoping that he'd fall asleep in his pushchair as we wandered about. Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> luck. Instead, I ended up legging it out of there at full speed as my son began to joyfully shout, boobies, 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 <laughs> at many, many nude paint. Yeah, there are so many dicks and tits in that gallery. That is Lisa with her booby shouting great. son. That is Boobies. Brilliant. And that's like funny for a bit, but in those places, it's so quiet. Everyone will listen, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, taken, my wife took her to another gallery, but it went a bit better yesterday because there was more there uh, colourful pictures. Basically... Let's be honest. She's not appreciating art. No, just take a Piccadilly Circus if she likes bright yeah, things. She just likes bright colours. They love lights. Just love lights. Um, oh, advice for Josh here. 
Advice for Josh. Yeah. Dream feed Josh. I don't think no, this means you need to do. Tried it. Tried it. <laughs> this is because your son, he's getting better, but he's waking up at five o'clock now, not 4.30. He's fine now. I'm living is, the dream. Yeah, okay. Keep telling yourself that. Um, dream feed saved me and my partner. Yeah, They're all sleeping. It, you sneak in at about 11 p.m. and they should no, sleep till seven ish. No, it's not it. hunger. No. It's just his body clock. Is it, we've it's tried it. Body. It's not hunger. It's not hunger. It's not hunger, Sam. It's not hunger. It's um, a hunger to be awake. I tell you that. That's that. But sadly, <laughs> thank you for the advice. Thank you. I don't okay. don't mean to be so dismissive, but fucking tried it, mate. Don't don't think that it's not my first rodeo. I've got another one for you. Tried toot, it. Toot, 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 moo, this is. Drop a nap, Josh. Have you tried it? Yeah. At six months, I dropped all naps. Dropped all naps? All naps? What, let toot toot, let toot toot, moo, finish. At six months, I dropped all naps apart from one if they needed it. And I got seven to seven. The holy grail. How many naps is he on at the moment? It's pretty all over the shop, if I'm honest with you, Rob. You've got to control that, mate. But when he naps well, makes no difference. When he naps badly, makes no difference. From what I can tell, whatever happens in the day makes absolutely no difference. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. But that's just some advice, mate, if you wanted to take yeah, it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for your <laughs> advice, everyone. Right, ah, here's a good one, Josh. This could be advice for everyone. Hi, Robin Josh. Just wanted to share a quick parenting trick that I've invented. My nearly two and a half year old has started, just say two and a half. We don't. Yeah. By the time we read this out, it'll probably be about four. I just wanted to share a quick parenting trick that I invented. My nearly two and a half year old had started being really slow when I asked her to do things like put on her coat or go for a bath, get in the car, etc., etc. I've started to say, shall I put the song on? She says yes excitedly, and I proceed to play as loud as I can the Benny Hill TV theme. Oh. That's the one. I don't know why, but it works a charm every time. She seems to spring into life and does why I ask no problem. Unfortunately, though, she does dress in a bikini and chase old men. And I'm joking, I've added that. Um, it's also really funny to watch. Looking forward to our Spotify roundup at the end of the year and the recommended list is going to offer up after this one. Love the podcast. Please never stop. Oh, yeah. They just think you love Benny Hill. Yeah. How about this? How about more tired than Josh? Oh, yes, please. Hi, Rob and Josh. Really enjoying the Tidal stories. I thought I'd share mine. It happened in the weeks after the birth of our first child, Matty. The stage, when they're waking up every three hours for feeding and burping day and night, and your life revolves around that relentless cycle. One night, I realised I'd fallen asleep while feeding him and forgotten to burp him. I sat bolt upright, grabbed him off my lap, and in the pitch dark, started trying to burp him. It wasn't working, and I realised it did feel a bit awkward, so I thought, in my rushed and tired state... I might have faced him the wrong way. I turned him around, but it was even more awkward. At a loss, I put him back down and turned the light on to see what on earth was going on. It took me a few seconds to process that Matty had vanished, but standing on the bed next to me, looking wide-eyed, dishevelled and confused, was our cat. <laughs> she must have been sleeping on my lap and got the fright of her life. Did, did she burp? She... <laughs> I've, never heard a say, burp. I've never heard a cat burp. Have you ever heard a cat burp? You know what the email address is. If anyone's got a cat that burps, record it and we'll put it on. Yeah, why not? And we'll know why if you're not? cheating and it's you. That's Ben from West Mosley. Oh, thanks, Ben from West Mosley. Um, right, we've got... Uh, this one's a bit serious but funny, um, but we'll, we'll read it out. It's a nice one. Hi, guys. I'm listening to Series 3, Episode 25, and you mentioned kids learning about death. Well, I lost my mum to COVID in January. Very sorry to hear, oh, that. Sorry to um, hear that. Mick in Chelmsford, Essex. Um, obviously, an extremely hard time, and this is also my children's first experience with death. So even... 
even though I was going through a lot, I wanted to try and handle it in the right way with them. I told them that though their nan was now gone, she wasn't truly gone and that she will always be with us, watching over us and keeping us safe. I told my youngest daughter, Penelope, age five, that we can still talk to her like she is here and that she will hear us. So every now and then, Penny would say something out loud to her or look at the clouds and wave a toy in the air for her to see. I think that's quite nice, isn't it? Nice thing to do. Then one day, as I'm bathing her, I walk out of the room to grab her towel and she starts shouting, Stop looking at me naked, nanny. Stop looking at me naked. This is my body and you shouldn't look at it. <laughs> Side note, it was summer and the windows were open with the neighbours in their garden. Funny, but not the best thing for them to hear. Especially as we only just moved in about four months beforehand and they didn't know that my mum had passed away. Oh my God. <laughs> love the podcast thanks for the last during a really crap time love Mick from Chelmsford Essex thanks mate that thank is, you very much that is a lovely uh, way <laughs> to go into Ugo Monnier <laughs> um, it's a good episode actually of Ugo he's a, he's a top it. bloke yeah, really great guy really enjoyed it rugby we should do the intro here really because oh, we yeah. don't really give him one on the show Rug, ex-rugby legend can you know very fast at running as well which we discuss yeah. on the pod and he's he's quite now detail. Uh, becoming Quite a, uh, he's on Question of Sport and he, he's, he was on Strictly. Strictly. He is, TV personality. He is transcended rugby. And by that, I mean, I've heard of him and I don't like rugby. Yeah, I know. He's got, he's got good banter as well for rugby yeah. because normally their banter is weak. Yeah, if you're worried, but, um... if you're worried about, <laughs> if you're worried you said rugby, don't turn off. Don't turn yeah. off. It's better than you think it's going to be. Trust us. He's more of the crouch end of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Here's Ugo Monnier. Okay, right. Josh, do you want to do the intro? Why not? I mean, it's intro is a big word. Ugo yeah. Monnier, hello, how are you? Really good, thank you. How are you, lads? <laughs> good. Did you, good. Uh, we should keep in the bit where Rob says, Josh, do you want to do the intro? Like, I'm going to give you a huge kind of... You may recognise him from, but we've done all that bit beforehand. Rugby legend, question yeah. of sport, strictly all that, but we've already done that, so they know that. But it just feels a bit underwhelming when we go, all right, Ugo, how's it going? No, I prefer it. Otherwise, it's embarrassing. And actually, it's like people know you from, they're like, no, they don't. They actually don't care. <laughs> they actually don't. They're wondering why I'm on this podcast. They're like, oh, right, okay. They're on this podcast whilst Googling me. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, okay, it's not Chris Akabusi. It's not John Fashlu. It's, oh, who's the other one? No, I don't know. I don't know this lad. I don't know him. He sounds like he should be working in fashion. Did someone forget to add the H to the Hugo? I don't get who this fella is. Have you got a um, Have you got a number for John Fashionu while you're there? <laughs> have you ever met John Fashionu out of interest? I met him a few years ago. He's um, He's quite intense. He's quite a serious yeah. person. Yeah. I mean, I don't know him intimately or personally, but I met him at uh, at an event. And intimate. I'm not suggesting can... you've slept with him, Hugo Monia. <laughs> <laughs> I met him on Soccer M, and he's, he just kept on talking about how massive his house was. And he kept on, in, I think he's got a house in Nigeria or somewhere. That's I'm right. not sure. That's, yeah. And, he, yeah, and he was going, guess how many toilets I've got? Guess how many toilets I was? I was like, I don't know, like six? He went 18. 18? He's got 18 toilets. He's got massive How bad's his diet? What's going on there? <laughs> no. I love how having numerous amounts of toilets is the barometer of success. Like, it's not bedrooms. <laughs> Over here we take bedrooms, but toilets, apparently. He's only got three bedrooms, but 18 toilets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Ugo, can you give us a rundown? What's your setup, kids-wise? Kids so how many kids you got? What's going on? So I've got two kids, two girls, a proper girl dad. I've got my eldest daughter's Phoenix. She's four and a half. We just started at big girl school. Um, oh. And I've got Ruby, who's one and a half. And they're awesome. They're, I mean, they're troublesome, uh, but they're, <laughs> they're absolutely amazing as well. You did... Um... You did a dance for them on um, Strictly. You did a Moana dance, didn't you? Because you thought that would go down well with them, from what I could tell. Yeah, obviously, just trying to get back. Do you know what I mean? Just pulling people's heartstrings, because that's what's really important. Um... Yeah. <laughs> get into the next week. Because there is a bonus for Blackpool, isn't there? That's what people don't talk about. You get a bonus to go Blackpool. These these celebs don't just want to dance in Blackpool. They want the extra bunts for staying in. And it Ugo. Everyone's gagging to get to Blackpool. I'm like, I've never been to Blackpool in my life. And all of a sudden, there's a bonus. And I'm like, I need to get to Blackpool. I need to get to Blackpool. <laughs> But um, what was hilarious, so the dance I did was um, Moana, where I yeah. played Maui in it, and I spoke to their producers and everything, and I was like, do you know what, it's Phoenix's favourite dance. She just, she loves it, and I've got so many good memories of, like, early mornings and late nights, just watching of her in my lap. So she came to the dance studio one afternoon, they captured a little bit of, like, me with Aww. her. And I was like, oh, Phoenix, guess what um, song Daddy's Dance to this week? And we had a couple of clues. And um, she went, oh, is it Moana? I was like, yeah. I was like, because Phoenix, that's your favourite film. She was like, used to be. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll have to cut this. Um, Phoenix, I'm going to ask this question and you need to be overly excited. Like, okay, so, and then she gave the, the right answer in inverted commas. And then so we could use some of the audio from it, I had to say, oh, The Rock's a great singer and what a great actor. Um, so I had to say that line, oh, what, what a wonderful performer The Rock is. And Phoenix went, I don't like him. <laughs> so, yeah, um, to say that I danced the dance for my daughters, I did. That was the intention. But the reality is I just wanted to get to Blackpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry you didn't get to Blackpool. People ask you a lot, um, are you going to carry on dancing? Like, I don't know. Like, I've been able to manage avoiding ballroom dance for 38 years um, um now i've done it for all of yeah. five weeks and get slated on national telly that i'm crap at dancing yeah and, um I d yeah will i continue yeah probably but if there, was five or, if there was five aside football happening at the same time as there was salsa i'm probably going to do five aside football do you know what i mean yeah. did they did they enjoy seeing you on it though your kids or were they not bothered they were too young a little bit they loved it. Genuinely, yeah. they loved it. Like, um, for me, um, I played rugby 14 years and I had kids after I retired. And I was always a bit like, oh, I wish I had kids so they could have watched me play. And during yeah. the pandemic, they were like playing old rugby matches, which I played in all the rest of it on telly. And I was like, oh, Phoenix, watch this. This is daddy. Not bothered. Just not bothered. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I was more bothered than she was. But then Strictly, because, like, my daughter Phoenix, like, loves dance and gymnastics and all that stuff. And she loved seeing Daddy on telly. And yeah. they spoke about it at school and they played videos of, like, me dancing at school. So oh, it was, like, wow. quite cool. And I think, I don't know, the perhaps the stereotypical, like, version of a dad is, like, he's just a practical guy. He, like, carries 10 loads of shopping on one trip and you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I've got such a... I am just a human climbing frame for them. Like, I just have yeah. fun yeah. with them. It's wicked. So it was nice to see Daddy being... Just having fun and, yeah, yeah having that kind yeah. of cool vibe about it. Oh, what are you like as a dad? Are you... Are you 
I, I imagine you as a fun dad because you're a laugh. Do you know what I mean? I can't yeah. imagine you as a kind of stern disciplinarian. No, I kind of flip between the two. Like, I am, like... That's how to keep them in line. Make make them... (laughs) No, just be disciplined some days. Other days, let them do any old shit. That's what (laughs) you do. That's great. That's great for the kids, not knowing where to go, what to do. Really keeps (laughs) on their toes. I guess if Phoenix or Ruby had to answer the question, I think they'd say daddy was silly and daddy was fun. Like, I am that human climbing frame. I am, like, that portable... Um, soft play that's what I am I just mess around want to have all the fun um, and everything else but then there's a part of me which um, I guess the household I was brought up in like mum and dad both Nigerian and stereotypically African households are pretty strict and I think I've definitely got that streak in me where I do want them to I guess just have all the kind of core fundamental parts of a person you'd want anyone to have, be respectful, be disciplined, all those kind of things. So yeah. in one sense, I'm definitely that, but more so. So if I had to split it 80%, I'm all the lows, all the fun, I like to think. And the other yeah. thing, I'm probably a bit sterner or a bit more disciplined focused than, than, than Lucy, their mum, but like they're great kids, not because of me. Because of Lucy, because she's been a like, phenomenal mum to them. Yeah. And uh, you was born here. Was your parents born here? Did they come come over here? No, they came over about 50 years ago. Um, yeah. So we've got, I've got two brothers, two sisters. Um, so there's five of us in the house, so all of us born oh, here. Wow. So, yeah, oh, mate, it's mad. Did you, did you ever get that threat of if you misbehave, then you go back to, with family in Nigeria? Because <sighs> my, my wife taught in a school with a lot of Nigerian kids, and that was the big thing of like, if you play up, if you're naughty, you go back to like your nan and granddad or your aunties back in Nigeria. Yeah, and parents, that was the was big, that was the ultimate parent. That was threat. what your wife implemented, Rob. The parents had no <laughs> say in it. Your wife, Mrs. Beckett, is telling me I've got to go home to Nigeria. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, I got sent out there for two months, met some lovely people, <laughs> and came back a new boy. Just, just came back. That was just your gap year. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, it was quite a disciplined household. We didn't mess around, but then I guess yeah. my mum, so mum and dad split up when I was like age 13, dad went back to Nigeria. And the only way my mum could have actually kept together a household was through discipline. If she allowed yes. us to do whatever we wanted, mate, it had been absolute carnage and chaos <laughs> for her. So she had to be strict. And yeah, yeah. Like we we wouldn't step out of line, and then I end up going to like boarding school, which makes me sound like I'm one of these poshos. I'm not. Like I, I went to boarding school, private school, but I'm not a private school boy. So I guess discipline and conformity and all those kind of things has probably played quite a significant role in my life, and I do yeah. see some of it. Like um, I guess come out in my parenting skills, but not my day to day interaction with my kids. No. Would you ever consider your kids going to boarding school? Oh, one million percent. See, I've like lived on both sides of the tracks. Like, I went to mm. state school, mate. I've come from like council, council house, mate. We moved about houses so much as like as kids. That's just what I did. And then I got an opportunity to go to private school, not because we could afford it, but there was a scholarship, and um, that was um, for dancing. For, for dancing, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I just I just did a few steps, a couple of robots. <laughs> And I was in. That's when you first picked up a rugby ball, wasn't it? In between Salsa <laughs> and Foxtrot. You was like, what's this thing? Give this a launch about. And then before you knew it, that was you was better at that. So I did a try celebration and it was the Samba. And they were like, wow. <laughs> oh my God. We should get you to arts and drama, musical theatre. Like, I can see you West End. You know, those hits didn't like. So, <laughs> so 
<laughs> so what, what was it? A, was it a proper posh boarding school and then proper like because there's private schools and there's the proper like the ones where they dress like monks and all that. What was no, it? A, it was ones where they dress like monks. Bro, yeah. like, I wore a Bridgedale and a barber jacket, age thirteen, to go to school. <laughs> wow, that was uniform. Like, that wasn't a choice. Wow. I now take the I take the mick out of adults for wearing that, and it's fine. Like be whoever you want to be. Yeah, but yeah. Age thirteen, that was me. I was dressed like. Uh, a cadet to go to school. Oh my God. So what did all your brothers and sisters think of you? Because they obviously assume well, did they weren't going there because they didn't get the scholarship or they do their own thing, but they must have they, thought They did ridiculous. get the scholarship eventually, but I was there first. And so you okay. can imagine me like coming home, getting washing done of a weekend. And then like, <laughs> why have you got so much army gear? And it's like, uh, duh, this is school uniform. <laughs> Waxing your barber jacket on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Exactly. My brother's got puffer jacket, Air Force Ones, getting on a bus to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. So like the school didn't play football because they didn't play chav ball, quote unquote. Oh, oh really? Um, they called it chav ball? Yeah. So I was oh, like, yeah. this is the world's biggest stitch up. Like I wanted to play football and I've gone to a school there was like only there was only one other black kid at school. I was like, I'm a city boy. I've moved to the country, and I've got yeah. to dress up like I'm going to Royal Ascot just to go to do like maths. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like this. I was like, this is a stitch up. But really, it was it was the point in my life which changed my life. It was mad, really? like, absolutely mad because I got I got to play rugby, and I didn't want to play rugby. But as a kid, you just do things that other kids do because you want to fit in yeah. and just have fun so I did so what was your scholarship for then was it for rugby or was it just no it was um, they, they had this thing called so um, the school's called Lord Wandsworth College and they had this foundation scholarship which was awarded to single parents and I'll tell you what oh, okay. they were way ahead of the time because like, mate, only 7% of the population go to private school um, yes. so it really does speak to people with you know wealth and and that's it and and that's fine you know people have worked hard to earn money to be able to support their kids unbelievable do that give them the opportunity but i also do wonder there'll be a lot of talented kids out there that don't have the wealth that are denied the opportunity yeah, and like the world isn't yeah. fair that's fine but i always tell the story so when i played in the world seven series i was like i was the fastest on the circuit when i played in the premiership i was the quickest in the premiership but at my state school i wasn't the quickest lad in my year oh really wow. yeah but on a like international circuit i was one like, i was one of the quickest yeah isn't it and I'm just like that. Ah. So what happened to all those kids who had wicked like talent <laughs> and yeah, natural yeah. ability who just didn't get given a chance? Like that's that's a shame. It's such a shame. But I guess this scholarship spoke to people like me and my mum who couldn't afford it, but just had unfortunate circumstance of being a single parent. Yeah, and they created this avenue to be able to do it. And I guess. I took that responsibility, not just to my mum, who were able to find the opportunity, but to the school who put their trust in me to someone like 95% of the school were fee paying people who could afford yeah. to be there. So yeah. I wanted to work hard and I'm now proud. I'm still in touch with teachers and I go back and a generation of pupils have come through it, but I'm glad that they took a punt on me and things have worked okay. And I oh, can be amazing. an example to kids who might be in my situation and say, like, yeah, someone's trusted, you believed in, you crack on. That's amazing. And does that inform, like, what you'd want your kids to do? Because obviously um, they've got a different kind of background. Mm. 
financially and like yeah. you're in a different situation to your mum. Totally. I guess you're right. I remember going to private school age 13 and speaking to kids and they'd been in private school since the age of four. And I'm just like, what? That's so much. <laughs> Lo and behold, Phoenix has been in private school since the age of three. And I'm, yeah. I'm not that person. I like question, what are you doing? But during lockdown, like it was nuts because everyone spent so much more time at home. I properly mm. got exposed to what it was to be like a full-time parent. I was just like, what do you do this every day? This is nuts. Like, like what? <laughs> you like, I mean, I know I work and like, I'm winged about working hard, but this is mental. Like, what? <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's crazy, but the statistics have really changed since lockdown and I guess co-parenting being far more equal, people working from home, all the rest of it. Yeah. They've been like um, a high percentage of like dads taking their taking mm. their kids to school and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I think it's got a greater sense of equilibrium. But I do remember like it was one Thursday night and it was the only day of the week we knew because it was the only day you did something different from every other day. You clapped for the carers. So we stood yeah. on our doorstep and you clapped for the carers and like Phoenix loved it. She's buzzing. Then I took her up to have a bath. And at that point, she loved the fact that we were like clapping for these people doing amazing things. And she said she wanted to be a doctor or nurse. I was like, oh, love you, Phoenix. I'm so proud. And then this one night I took her up for a bath and I was like, Phoenix, you still want to be a doctor or nurse? She was like, no. And I said, and I said what do you want to be? She went, um, I want to be the fastest girl in the world. I was like, <laughs> oh, mate, I had a moment. I, I'm not very emotional, but like, I was like, what did you say? And um, she's like, yeah, I want to be the fastest girl in the world. And it really kind of dawned on me that we can be so inspired by our kids. And the reason mm. I say that is no one's world, I don't mean physically, is bigger than a kid's world because no one's told yeah. them that they can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. They believe they've not had stumbling blocks, not had to develop a sense of resilience and all these things or had like had the world negatively impact them so in phoenix's mind she's like yeah why not i'll just be the quickest girl on the planet and i was just like yeah if i can like get her to believe that the world is a place of opportunity and she can be anything she wants to be whilst getting her to nurture work ethic discipline all the rest of it and combine those two things then she can so for me yeah. i didn't have all the opportunities um, right throughout like my youth, I got them at, from age 13, but I'm hoping that Phoenix been exposed to that um, and, and live in a world where she can be anything that she wants to be, that she really can be, whatever that might be. Like, yeah. she's crazy athletic. Like, mate, it's, it's remarkable the things she can do, like athletics-wise, like whether it's netball, football, rugby, gymnastics, dance, she's just obscenely good. Um, I don't want to put a pressure on her to try and follow in my footsteps. I just want her to like create her own path and just do whatever and just know yeah. that mum and dad's a fully supporter. No, but you can see that early doors with kids, can't you? If they're, if they're physically like that, they just, and you don't want to put pressure on them, but there are some kids that physically can just do everything before all the other kids. And it's just, you know, some have got that talent and some haven't, you know? I went to sports day and they did like a 60 meter race and Phoenix is always really embarrassed when it comes to competing. Like she gets nervous, but she doesn't quite understand the emotion of nerves. So she thinks she's scared when I'm trying to tell her, no, yeah. it's nervous and it's okay to be nervous. So ready, steady, go, bang. She like legged it out, but stayed in line with everyone, okay? She thought she got to the finish line, but she was 30 meters short and just stopped. And I was like, Phoenix, the race not finished. I, honestly, I was having an absolute <laughs> wetting, okay? 
was like, fifth storm. And then she sprinted, caught up, and overtook all of her classmates. Like, <laughs> My and God. I mean, she doesn't realise it, but she mocked all of her classmates in front of their oh, parents. She hustled oh, them, God. basically. Yeah, she hustled them. Like, yeah, but do you think, though, if she was in a state school, it might be a competitive race, like when you were there? <laughs> well, no, Is it because yeah. she's gone private? Yeah, they, um, they, were, they, didn't, they didn't care. They all knew they had good jobs at Cooper coming up when they were 18, yeah, yeah. so it was fine. Yeah, half already doing intern jobs at HSBC <laughs> and uh, yeah. JP Morgan. Do you know what I mean? That's just what they'll do. How old's your youngest? One and a half. One and a half. Yeah, she's like me. She's mischievous. Like she's. Is she? You've got Phoenix, who's balletic and so graceful and like your archetypal princess. Like she is. Oh my gosh, she's dream, absolute dream. Ruby's a dream, but she's mischievous in such a funny way. And like, you can definitely see that Phoenix is definitely like Lucy and Ruby's probably a little bit like me. Like she, like Phoenix never like drew on a wall or anything like that. Yeah. She was just yeah. Ruby, she'll run across, like draw on a wall. And then with the crayons in her hand, walk over to like me or Lucy and just go, Oh, no, 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 no. Like, she shows every sense of remorse. And you're like, oh, it's okay, Ruby. Three seconds later, she's doing it again. And then just coming back saying she's sorry. And I'm just like, oh, babe, like, come on. Like, like, she's, um, it's amazing. Like, I know you guys got kids and it's, the second one developed so much quicker. So, like, Phoenix, like, walking age, like, 14 months, which is, like, on par Ruby was nine months because she just yeah. had someone to chase to follow right, to do everything. Interesting. And she tries to do everything that Phoenix does, even though she might not be physically able, she just throws herself into everything. She's way uh, like Phoenix was like by our side, um, always, especially in social settings. When we drop Phoenix off at school, like Ruby, she thinks those classmates are her mates. And so she's Yeah, we have that. Them. It's wicked though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's great. But like when she gets, my, my eldest gets invited for a play date, the youngest is like, why can't I go? You're like, well, you're not really a mate, like a schoolmate. She goes, I am her mate. I'm like, oh, God. I'm, like, <laughs> oh, God. I'm going, well, I'll take you somewhere else to do that. No, I want to go to her house. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. You can't say to someone, um, yeah, she's coming in as well. That's not how invites work, is it? I no. know. So we take Phoenix to gymnastics. And so it's like age four till five, whatever. Ruby wants to go in. Like they're working on the yeah. high bar and Ruby's just like, well, I can do that. Well, you, you can't, like you, you, you actually can't, but, it's, <laughs> yeah. but she just wants to get involved. She'll pretend, she'll try and do a forward roll, but she just ends up yeah. with a bum in the air, head on the floor and she can't <laughs> roll. And you're just like, oh, this neck, this neck, I don't know if you can take this straight. <laughs> Your daughter's four and she's doing the high bar. Oh, mate, honestly, I could, I, I wouldn't fancy myself doing that, and I'm 38. But yeah. get your stepladder to get out there, John. <laughs> it's, it's insane, like it's insane, and everyone thinks their kids are great, but yeah, I don't know how you feel about. You know, it. yours is. Is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> everyone thinks their kids great, but I know. I've seen yeah, the sprint. You lot of bullshitters. Yeah, exactly. But like, as a parent, there's nothing prouder of like overhearing someone compliment your kid. Yeah. yeah. In any setting, whether it's at school, like we had a parents' evening, and like we thought everyone did bullshit because, like, um, her teacher was like, she's awesome, she's this, she's that. And we we're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, he says that to everyone's kid. And then, yeah, one of the other kids 
mum's ring up Lucy having a wetty down the phone they said my kids behind and you're like oh gosh like you're sad for them but you're like that <laughs> means my kid me. awesome that means my kid awesome <laughs> I'm sorry oh, but I'm God, not so... sorry like I'm not comparing but yeah. what, what did the teacher say about your kid it's like oh I don't want to talk about it it's like go on he says well yours might be behind but they actually said ours is ahead it's a bit embarrassing but <laughs> They actually said she probably should be taking her A-levels like next week, but whatever. Well, yeah, that is because even the kids come back a little bit like so-and-so's on this level of reading. I'm only on this level of reading. You have to be like quite chill about it. But some parents really do care. It does get quite competitive. Are you lock on a WhatsApp group or do you see the dads and the mums like outside of the school or anything? Yeah, like, mate, drop-off is, mate, it's just peacocking, isn't it? It's literally just peacocking. Like, every, I just, I just love just seeing the dynamic of like seeing the parents. Just what kind like, of peacocking you get in there? See, it's kind of like, well, like the. By the way, the uniform at school. Like, yeah. I don't know how how much did you reckon you spent on a year's worth of uniform when you went to school? Like, you only had to buy a tie and a jumper from the school. Everything else you could just buy from like uh, Debenhams, couldn't you? Yeah, when Debenhams. I was at school. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, we charity shopped it, everything. I reckon for a year, we didn't spend 100 quid. Didn't. Phoenix, no. £720. Whoa. No. Why? What's really? she wearing? Mate, I don't know. It must be Chanel. Like, it's <laughs> No wonder you wanted to get to Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch that series. That that passion in your eyes isn't oh, the, the sandbar. Man. It's it's school uniforms. Man, I reckon I'll pay off a school uniform by twenty twenty six. So like, what is it then? What is the school uniform? Man, like just regular gear. I actually have a proper beer in my bonnet about school uniform. Like she rock, rocks up like she's something out of the flipping Tudors. Like <laughs> she's. Oh, is it one of them ones? Them sort of like it's, like. Dress up with your uh, private schools. Yeah, mate. She got. She wears a straw hat in the summer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I Absolutely I, pointless. Yeah, like, I love tradition and all the rest of it, and you can't knock it. But I think universally across this country, like kids should be kids, and I don't see her wearing half the stuff which actually allows kids to be kids. Yeah. So when, yeah. when it comes to playtime, can they fully play around in like? some pinafore or a dress. She wears a blazer. She wears a blazer to school. I'm just like... I to, I to, mate, at nursery, you see some... I mean, I'm not going to name and shame, but there's some kids at my daughter's nursery and their clothes are more expensive than my clothes. Yes. And you're like, you're going to fucking... You're doing forest school and then you're painting. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't get... I, I understand if a school's got a uniform and stuff, and yeah. like, but I don't agree. I think, understand, private schools are good if you want to send your kid and they get a more broader education or there's more, basically more people there and less kids in the classroom, so they get more time to develop and stuff. But there's no need for those outfits at no, all, is there? I personally think it's got nothing to do with the kids. Like, I know when I've got a Phoenix outside of school time, she's not wearing a blazer to go to soft play or to go no. to gymnastics. <laughs> she's not, because it just it's just not... It's not, it's not appropriate, but I honestly think school uniforms in private schools, they do it and it's advertising and it's status. So when they're like walking to yeah. school or I don't know, whatever they're doing, they have a badge on their chest and they're like, and parents are like, look how smart that girl is. Like that must be a really Wait, well- Where did you suck an advert, isn't it? That's all it is. But forget the advert, let's put the kids at the center of it. Because if kids 
had to, I mean, you don't want kids making too many decisions, but in terms of comfort and yeah. adaptability, considering they're in and out of class, going from gymnastics to play to lunchtime to everything, they would not say, I'd wear a dress, some tights, a straw hat and a blazer to school. They just <laughs> never, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. No kid when you're trying to get them out of the house is going, where the hell's, I'm not going without my straw hat. Unless I can find my straw hat. I'm not going. Well, what, what I would say, Hugo, though, is there's one quick fix to this: send them to a state school. But <laughs> oh no, oh no, I can't whinge because they're. they're I know so... you can't. There's yeah. been people listening, imagining the world's tiniest violin that they're not. Which you can and actually I... buy in the school shop for eighty quid. <laughs> the world's tiniest violin. It's actually what they need in the springtime. <laughs> I know. I'm whinging, and I I, I do apologise for whinging because they'll be like, no, oh, no, mate, don't okay. forget your roots. Don't forget your roots. Where do you keep in? One last question on it. How much? I want. I want a specific. How much are you knocking out for straw hat? Because if it's seven hundred quid for the whole thing. What's the straw hat specifically? I, I, I genuinely don't know. I don't know. But I reckon the straw hat would have been 60, 70 quid. Jeez, no way. I promise you. And it's not like you You're fucking and, winding me up. I swear, but you can't go onto eBay and buy it. Like, you have to go to the school shop, so... Get a second, second-hand one, second-head one. There's got to be some kids leaving the school that have got a straw hat they never want to use again, hasn't there? Probably, but the parents probably want to keep it as some kind oh, of, yeah. I don't know, memory of them. But, like, don't, like, I'm whinging, but it was my option to send her to this school. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know, yeah, you take, I, you're fully taking the, the, the flag. Yeah, that, do you know what I mean? But also, like, I support Arsenal. I don't like all their kids, but I have to still support them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah you still don't have to buy it. They don't fall, as an Arsenal fan, you're not, you don't buy a season ticket and then they force you to buy the full training kit to wear to a match. <laughs> I would love it if Arsenal had a straw hat next season. <laughs> it's two grand for the season ticket and a grand for all the clothes. That's it. I turned up to North London Derby and they have to check that you've bought all the merch before you're allowed into the <laughs> yeah, <merch. I'm> <laughs> uh, Have you got the socks? The away socks? No, you haven't. Okay, well, back home. No, but think their, about last what you've season, done. their last season socks. Sorry, mate, you can't come in. You can't come in, sorry. <laughs> I got Phoenix a football kit and then like went out onto the green or something. Uh, I think it was during lockdown. I was like, right, you get your football kit. I'll get my football kit. And um, she, she don't like football kit, but I got no. a photo and he went out on Instagram and I'm like, like dad of the year. So I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the kid's crying. Brilliant. Yeah. Just get, let's just have one picture. Just kick the ball. Look at me. Just going to put in portrait mode. Probably put a little filter on it. And yeah, stop, crying for, stop crying. Stop crying and have the photo, please. <laughs> Fucking hell. How much, do you, uh, how much do you care if she supports Arsenal? No, I, I don't think I can be too sensitive over this because my dad supported Tottenham. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, so that was So you let true. him down? Yeah, I don't know. I think he let me down by supporting Tottenham is how I see it. <laughs> But he also was on the planet first, so I guess yeah. he gets first dibs at that. So um, I'll let him off. But he loved, like, he, he loved Tottenham, and I loved Ian Wright. Oh, I love Ian Wright. I think he's yeah. wicked. And so I was like, this is tough. And it was, I guess, it was a choice between Les Ferdinand and Ian Wright. And Ian Wright was a bit more of a boy about town. I was like, oh, I like this. But my dad, remember um, Les Ferdinand used to have a little tuft at the top of his head. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad used to go and get me to get my hair cut like Les Ferdinand in order to accept the fact that I support Arsenal. So I had a Scotland haircut. 
No, I'm, I'm so confused. I was so confused. I was like head in balls thinking I was Les, but two footing people thinking I was Ian Wright. It was great. <laughs> I can't imagine, I'll spell, if they get into sport properly and it feels like your eldest is going to, it's inevitable. Obviously, you've got good genes and stuff like that. But can we, I think you might be overly competitive dad on the side. I don't know if you can contain it. No. So sports day, I don't know whether this was coincidence or COVID, but they actually cancelled <laughs> the, the dad's race. <laughs> Did that? Okay. <laughs> Mate, I turned up with starting blocks, full lycra, ready to go. <laughs> So is there anyone that think you think could beat you in that school then? How what's your speed over 100 meters? 10.6. 10. 10.6. 10. Yeah. 10. You can't look there's no way. How fast are those kids at your fucking school then? <laughs> I know. Can you go to school with Usain Bolt? Jesus Christ. I know. I know. So like I, I can move, or I used to be able to move yeah, no bit, shit. until the third lockdown, and then I just like, ate my body weight in <laughs> in chocolate. Um, but yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have backed myself in a dad's race. And, but like genuine, there's I, I say this messing around, but like realistically, there's pressure on me to win. Like I can't be turning yeah, of up course. to sports day as an ex-athlete and getting mugged off by. No, um, David in accounts. I can't. Oh my! Imagine losing to oh. someone in finance. Oh mate, my god, mate. Oh. Nigel in HR cannot be doing a number on me. <laughs> so, so, what's your approach? Are you going to go as fast as you possibly can, like you're in a real race against like other rugby players, or yeah. are you going to Rob's knowledge of other sports kicking in there? Yeah, but get them going. Uh, there were other rugby players. He panicked. He yeah. tried to name one. He couldn't think of one. You know, Will Carlin, Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, all those, all the guys. All, all, <laughs> all, the, the, lads. all the boys. All the lads. That big lanky one with the funny ears. He's a good one. Loved him. Oh, a little Johnson. fat short one. <laughs> yeah, all of them. All great guys. Um, if you're, are you, so with like, you know, Ben in accounts or whatever the people are that you're up against, the other dads, are you going at 75% but then know you've got an extra level? Because it may look muggy if you absolutely destroy them. I can't be going out the blocks like... I don't know, Carl Lewis, can I? I mean, I'm not going to be there three-point starts. I can't. It's got to be stand-in start. And Fair enough. I think I've just got to come out gently, just like yeah. banter, 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 but while <laughs> expressing... And then canter, 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 canter. <laughs> exactly. If, mate, if it's 100 metres and at 50, yep. I feel someone's trying to mug me off. I'm just going to have to go into another gear, aren't I? Yes. Yeah. I also want to be, I'm, I'm just a chilled out dad here just to support my daughter. Yes. Yeah, obviously not, but that's fine if that's your, yeah. what, your, what you think it is. But I'm also not 95 metres out accelerating and ducking from the line for photo finish because I'm not going to get given the benefit no. of the doubt. So I want to do a job on them, but not yes. destroy them. Like if, if that's an option. To feel like they've got a chance next year. Yeah, and this sounds like well arrogant, but I would back myself in a race. Like I just, yeah. I just would <laughs> over anyone. Um, it's funny actually because a couple of years ago I, I did a podcast. Uh, funny enough, not as good as this one, obviously. Um, what, what podcast? It's a rugby one called Rugby in a Weekly. Give it, give it a shout out. Yes, yeah, called Rugby in a Weekly. You can download it on BBC Sounds. It's out every Monday. There you are. Yeah, if you like rugby, if you don't, give it a give it a give it a wide berth. If you like all the lads, like Will Carlin <laughs> oh, yeah. and the Lank oh, and Billy, oh, Billy Fingers and uh, yeah. Gary the Lank. But yeah, um, so I went to the Premiership Rugby launch and there was one of the lads there. He just came yeah. off playing a World Cup. 
And he was like, like I'd get on really well with him. And I was like, man, I reckon I still do you in a race. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, genuine. And I was just there in skinny jeans and trainers. He was there in full yeah. kit. And I was like, man, I'll do you. I will do you. Banter it. And he was like, go on then. And it's like, what? Excuse me? And he was like, no, go on. Let's have a race now. And I had a race with him. And I just lost. Like, just. Oh, like, he had to duck at the line. So I was like, yeah. I was like, hang on. I reckon I've still got it. But I don't, yeah. but I don't like my, honestly, mate, the lactic acid, my hamstrings, my back are all in pieces by the end of it. He's like, we had to finish off the podcast and I, mate, I was sweating, honestly, perspiring <laughs> so heavy. Heart rate must've been 200. I could barely string a sentence. So the first half of the podcast, I'm like, well chatty. The next half, I'm just like, just nodding and just with the occasional, mm-hmm, just because I couldn't actually talk. But do you think he might've been treating you like Ben in accounts? Do you know what I mean? He might have banter, banter, canter, canter you. Exactly. I think he was doing what I would do at a dad's race on sports day. So he's <laughs> like, I, he's he's allowed me to go away thinking I came yeah. close to him. But really, he's going back to his club and saying, I absolutely rinsed you guys. I'm second gift. Yeah. Oh, quick question. How has retiring from rugby um, affected you and uh, your view of yourself? Do you feel that sometimes you've got a bit to prove and uh, uh, you're worried about getting older? Yeah, slightly unfulfilled. Um, you know, I'm still, I think I'm in a, in a period of discovery, actually. I'm trying to work who I am. Yeah. I think that's the conclusion I've come to. But, mate, if, if it's grass, I'll probably wear mouldies. If it's tartan, probably tugs. <laughs> That's the same. If it's a bit wet in the morning, you've got a real slip hazard there. You exactly. can't be going just with like a pair of like Converse or something slappy. No, of course. You should run the race in the straw hat just to show them, show them who's boss. Yeah, but it's too expensive for it to fall off my head and get busted. <laughs> get trampled on. I just couldn't allow it to happen. How was it starting school? Because she started proper school this year. Did you? Was she nervous or was she quite excited? Was you all right with it? Tough, or? Mate. Tough. Like for two, really? I'd say for the first two or three weeks, she found it hard. One, because she was just used to being at home during the pandemic and just yeah. got so used to like mum and dad just being around. And then all of a sudden, um, she's not there. Like she's going to school. Yeah. And I reckon she had a sense of first day at school, she came, she come out and she was like, oh, I've done school now. Like I've completed it. And like, mm, yeah. Like, like you've actually got to go like, every day. <laughs> for 14 years yeah exactly <laughs> but, but she loves it she loves it and it's really cool and this is where I think it's tough as a parent because you drop them off at school and they cry because they want to be at home but it's really nice that they want to be at home but it's tough to see them crying going to school and you're like oh maybe I should just homeschool them and uh, no you're doing the right thing but then they get used to school there's no tears and they don't even look back to say goodbye. They just leg it into school. And you're like, well, I'm happy she's settled, but she doesn't <laughs> yeah. give a crap that I'm here. Like, I want her to want me, but you also don't want them to be crying. So it's this, like, contradiction of emotions. But she loves it. Like, her back, she, like, she has proper good best mates at school. And yeah, she probably loves it, loves being there as much as she loves being at home, which is exactly what you want oh, for your that's kids. good. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Ugo. Oh yeah, thanks, mate. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's very rare that we um we say um could you come back and bring documentary evidence of um something. <laughs> right. It's very rare an interview ends with with a request that you give us a video of a school sports day. Yeah, I, I would put on a GoPro, but I just worry about the aerodynamics. Do you know what I mean? I can't have it slowing me down. 
Could you have one of those secret cameras in your straw hat, like, say, yes. when you're running along, like, like you're doing an investigation? I oh, know, but definitely, if you can film it, get someone to film it on an iPhone, then that would yeah. love to see that and post it out. We just want to see how 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 it went with you know we've got the, your, what you're doing your little bit of banter and then you really hit the afterburners. But we want to see <laughs> we want to see you destroy those those stiff necks in their little suits in between meetings. Preferably a morning diary where you go through your shoes, which you're going to wear, yes. what what food you've been taking on board, so that you're in peak condition. A real like eye of what what. What it takes to be a top level athlete. Do you know what? This has inspired me. I'm going to get fucking ripped for next summer. And I'm so going to do it. You've been saying gonna you're going to get ripped for the last two years. <laughs> this this hasn't inspired you. No, but, no, but, no, but I'm, I'm working on strength at the moment. But I think I'm going to work on speed so I can win the, win the race. Yeah, I mean, we're effectively in, in the off-season. So, we, you know, we're just going yeah. to warm weather training now. But I'm glad yeah. you've marked it because I've got a good five, six months just to get into, like, peak condition to batter some accountants and HR gurus. <laughs> Rob's going to spend two months at high altitude, aren't you? That's right, what yeah. you're going to do. Ah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go Big Bear. Do some Mate, fucking running. I'm going to Kenya next week now, honestly. <laughs> well, can you... Um, if, like, this is, I think it's quite interesting, actually, because there'll be a lot of dads and mums, the mums racing, the dads race listening, yeah. that would like to win, and you may not be a natural sprinter, but you want to get, get you, you know, maybe finish eighth last year, and you want to try and get top three. For people that aren't ex-athletes like yourself, um, who go, what, what is a good way to get better at sprinting? <sighs> Like, what, what would you suggest? Oh, number one thing is coordinating your arms and your legs. The amount of yeah. people who want to get fast at running, but your arms move or your, your arms move as fast as your legs and vice versa. So if they're not coordinated, you just won't be able to, you'll be running with passion, but with no technique. So the yeah. people see like running with their heart, but not their legs. I'm just like, no, just, just chill out. So Try and get yourself coordinated. And it's like anything, in any pressure situations, if you went to sprint up the street just now on your own, you'd be able to do it. But with mm. six people to left and right of you, you panic and all coordination goes. So I would just say work and coordination first. Once you've nailed yeah. that, then you give yourself a better chance of, of winning. We want to create a group of winners. Oh, yes. That's what we want, isn't it? A group of winners from this podcast. Yeah, and it'd be great if all parenting hell listeners won every mum and dad's sprint. Yeah, race. we'd be like we'd be like Jamaica. They're like, there's this crop of sprinters. <laughs> These kind of parents, they're all better than everyone else. Um, well, Ugo, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, mate. Nice one. Take it easy, lad. Thanks, mate. I loved that. Really I'm going to say it. I'd be fucking shit at the dad's race, but I'm going to go oh, for it next year. It'll be so funny to watch, though. Well, you need to check what the race is, because what you want don't want to do is practice for sprint and then it's a tug of war or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I know. I think tug of war is a bit med- medieval. I, th- I think it's a sprint. I think I, I'm just sort of thinking in my head about the other guys. If I could get a top five finish, I think I'd be happy. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the dads at nursery, whether I could beat them. There's one guy who would definitely beat me. You do a bit of running, don't you? Yeah, but I'm very heavy-footed, Rob. I'm very yeah, heavy-footed. About this. Yeah, <laughs> you've heard about this. I've um, heard about this. Yeah, but he just ran the Hackney Half Marathon just because he does oh, yeah. stuff like that. That's and oh, I was like, no. oh my. Yeah, he's he's got the beating of me. Uh, anyway, that was Ugo. I love Ugo. Uh, watch him on yeah. Question of Sport. Listen to his podcast. Lovely bloke. And um, now I'm going to go back and watch Strictly and see his face when he uh, gets told he doesn't get the bonus in Blackpool. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, Rob. He missed Blackpool by a fucking mile. But anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. That I had a week off of a bad he was back, a week didn't... off it. 
Come on, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, well, we'll be back um, next Tuesday with another episode. Um, we'll see yeah. you then, people. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.